Welcome to the Corporate Legal Ops Consortium podcast, where we dive deep into conversations with technology and legal ops thought leaders from across the ecosystem. This is Clock Talk. On today's episode, we took Clock Talk live on tour starting in New York City. We invited the clock community and anyone adjacent and curious to come be a part of an exciting day at a Manhattan Conference Center featuring Legal Ops 101, topical breakout discussions, networking, and a podcast on our main stage to close the day out. What a cool new format we're experimenting with that felt more like a baby clock global summit, or maybe a grown-up New York City regional chapter meeting. Stay tuned for more tour stop announcements later this year. Joining me on this episode is Tommy Ferreira, Senior Director of Legal Ops at Cedar and Clock Guest Co-host. We drew on topics of the day like relationship building, the current job market and needs, and we fielded a few questions from the audience. Clock Talk Live, New York City. Hope you enjoy. Please welcome to the stage my co-host, Tommy Ferreira. Have a seat in my podcast lounge. Hi. Hi. Beautiful, beautiful faces. Hi, look at all these hot New Yorkers. Beautiful. Since you and I hung out last, you have a new job. I do. You have a new legal ops job. I am at a healthcare fintech startup called Cedar, building legal ops from the ground up. I'm sure that that is something many of us do or have done. I have to ask the obvious question. What prompted the move? I'm always so fascinated. What we leave and what we run towards. Well, there's no change in how much I am obsessed with Peloton. Still a member, still love it, still run on that tread, still got the bike. Yeah. Left a place that I loved and am obsessed with and will continue to be a member of for another place that I love and will probably continue to be obsessed with and love the people. It really was all about the role and what I'm good at and matching my passions to what a role is. And so having an opportunity to go at Cedar from zero to one is my magic place. So you were walking into green fields. What is the job market like right now? The markets are having a time right now. We know a lot of folks impacted. I'm sure some people here are very close to the reality. What was it like searching for a legal ops job? All I see are legal ops jobs. I think there's a lot out there right now. I think people see that there's a lot out there. And I specifically knew that going to a startup was something on my bucket list. So this is a thing that worked for me, may not be a thing that sort of everyone works for everyone, but there was not a lot of looking. I was truly happy with the last role, with the last place, but this one, the more that I talked, the more I got to know people, the more that I learned about what I would be doing, the more it aligned, the more it felt like this is clicking, this is right. How big is the legal department you just stepped in? Uh, we are five now, legal and compliance. You know, Netflix would have offered you a startup-like <laughs> environment, but with really well-funded always, backgrounds. Always selling. Full entrepreneurial just, spirit you could have had for a, a legal department of 1,000. <laughs> What's your interview tip to tell this audience? In a market like this, we have a growing field with growing roles, but. Not every legal ops person is for every legal ops job. What's your way? I think that people should really vet the role and be pretty honest about who they are and what they're looking for. Like, what are you looking to do? 
I started to know, even though I was at the dream brand, the dream job, yeah. I started to sort of tease out what actually works really well for yeah. me. And that's why people go, huh? Why did you leave that brand? Because I knew going from zero to one is a thing. And yeah. it really makes me excited. And really being honest with yourself, like what makes you jazzed and what makes you excited, what makes you good at your job is what I started to come together on. Also, this could be a level of confidence that maybe comes at a certain point in your career. It might be harder earlier. I'm not sure. But authenticity goes a long way. Yeah. Be yourself as much as you can. Yeah. Because, and, and don't delve into the unprofessional, but you spend a lot of time with folks. And like, I want to know I can crack a joke because if I cannot, yeah. I might only last two days, right? Like I need to know there's a tension decompression. There's something that I can do that allows me to be myself. We're all humans. We should be humans. We should be authentically ourselves. That's been my magic trick. I hope that it works for others because we're in a world where it, HBR articles like, bring your authentic self to work. Like, do, please. At least I want to work with those folks who want to be themselves. Yeah, we're going to get into my LinkedIn DMs later because they are <laughs> so on fire with amazing questions and people asking for advice. But I got into a conversation with a woman recently talking about culture of potential legal ops environments and companies. And I said, you have to find your match culturally. And people ask me, why on earth would you leave Spotify? It was a playground there. But there were aspects of the culture that were amazing, innovative, moving really fast. And there were aspects of the culture and where the company was at a point in time, it wasn't growth mode. And my career I knew was in growth mode. So I had to make a very difficult decision and leave Spotify to find something I was just ready to rocket me. None of you know this, but I was on my way to a startup to flip and do sales. Stop it. I was gonna go do like product sales and like I was gonna bug all of you to let me in your offices and sell you some software. And I was basically starting at the startup and Netflix called and I was like, oh, cute. And oh, that's a nice offer. Okay, no. And I kept telling them no. But I went through a full interview cycle with them and there was something, every time I talked to the people, I was like, I don't know what it is, but I can't stop talking to these people. Yeah, They're cool, there's a vibe, there's innovation there, there was something there. And finally my hiring manager was like, you are like everyone at Netflix in this way. And yep. you'll see what I mean, just take the leap and come in here. And he was so right, like so well-placed. It's a wonderful corporate culture that hits on growth mindset for me. I'm an athlete, I wanna learn, I'm curious. I don't wanna go and just stay flat somewhere. I want to be challenged with the hardest work ever at complex scale. And they lured me in and there I went and it's been a really great match. Was there a cultural value thing in the combos that pulled you into Cedar? Interviews can sometimes be so fast. You're trying to get a lot out of that. But keep talking. One of the ways that I realized I did culturally align with both what was going on in the org and the team I would be on is that I kept talking to the GC. She would Zoom call and I was very transparent with her. I go, look, I know nothing about startups. What am I not asking? What do I need to know? Like, what do I ask about how much funding you have, right? She was like, here's what you ask. She gave me the list of things to ask, but I was showing her my vulnerability. I was saying, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. And this is such a big leap for me to go to this brand to you. Please help me. One night I was walking from the train to my apartment. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in and have dinner with the family. She's like, bring them to the office. We're getting all of you. And that was the moment. Oh. She said, we're getting all of you. I go, I'm coming. 
That's that was the I moment. to Netflix. When he convinced my wife and she stood up on the couch, she's like, I don't know why you're still pacing. Yeah. You're moving to Los Angeles. Yeah. You want this job. I'm a Libra. I struggle to get to yes. <laughs> it just takes me about two extra days yeah. of pacing and I start losing weight because I'm doing so much pacing. Getting those steps in. Yeah. And she's like, just sit down. We're going to LA. And I'm like, oh my goodness. He got her. And he told me later he knew he was working her right. and Harder he had you. me. And I'm like, I am just a cog in the wheel here of life. When there is that appreciation of the fact that you're a whole person who has a family, who has something outside of the things that you do within work, you bring more of yourself to it. You are motivated. You do produce a better output when you know, like, you're all bought in on yeah. me and the success and the things that make me successful, which are my family. Yeah, 100%. And now, a brief message from our sponsor, Malbec. Contracts bogging you down? From contract drafting and intakes to milestone tracking and risk management, Malbec has the tools you need to elevate your contract lifecycle management process. In-house legal teams across the country rave about their quick implementations, world-class support, and out-of-the-box integrations with CRM, CPQ, and ERP business applications. Malbec is making waves and disrupting the traditional CLM players with its ease of use, robust workflows, and AI features. Check out their website and take a self-guided tour today at www.malbec.io. Now, back to the show. What we're seeing on the market right now are a lot of generalist roles. Yeah. Is that what you were seeing when you were out on your interview tours? Yeah, I definitely think right now specifically as, I don't know what the macroeconomics are, right? Nobody does, but there's just a lot of like, you're gonna do less with more kind of speeches going on. Yeah. And I think that if that's true and if it shakes out to be the reality, what will end up happening, particularly in roles like mine where I'm building something from the ground up, you will have to be a generalist and sort of do all the things. If I'm sending a DocuSign for signature, I gotta be okay with that. Yeah. I may not have a team for a while. I may have to use those resources instead of a person to put technology in that can do some of the roles of what the people do. But really being okay with either A, getting it done yourself, like having that sort of attitude, and B, knowing that like you may not be able to hire when you're scrutinizing what you're doing with that money, make it the best technology yeah. or the best consultants. It really is gonna have to stretch a long way. So I see a lot of generalist roles out there. And if people can get away from a practice area, can position themselves yeah. in a generalist role, I think there's a lot more out there right now as people are doing more or less. Yeah, it makes you more well-rounded. I mean, when I jumped from Cisco to Spotify, I was not doing contract life cycle management fully Lucky. at Cisco. I, yeah, I avoided the whole thing and I avoided all litigation. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's... It was amazing. Can you give a masterclass I on that? I should give a masterclass on evading all of that. Right? I was like Neo with the bullets, like, nope, you're not going to get me. But then they got me. They're like, you're going to do all of knowledge management. And I was oh, like, yeah. wah, wah. And it took me a long time to figure out how to crack that nut, but it's been cracked. I wrote it all into slides. Clock has taken the slides and turned it into the clock KM something, something. <laughs> foundations. So it all worked out in the end. But when I went to Spotify, it was all CLM. And I talked my way into that job with what I knew at Cisco, but never did. And they were like, but you know, you know scale. So we trust you and you'll figure it out. And I figured it out. So take those leaps, get those generalist jobs and do something that makes you extremely uncomfortable. And for me, that was 
actually CLM. KM did not make me uncomfortable. Be honest too yeah. about what you don't know. And again, I don't know if this comes with maturity in a role or maturity in your career. And it took me a really long time because as legal ops people, we're expected to be matter experts in all the things. And the reality is, is you're not. And sometimes you're not until you do a thing. And I would say probably in the last maybe four or five years have been super comfortable with going, I don't know that vulnerability of saying, I don't yeah. know, I don't know, but I know the consultant I can hire or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, or this room of people, like someone in here knows litigation. I've called many of I've you. I've called many Trust of you. Me. And at Spotify, they came at me, the litigators, and they were like, we needed this or that and the other. And I'm like, crap, what am I gonna do? And I called someone I sat at a round table discussion with a few weeks prior, Jesse Murray, litigation extraordinaire, and I called Jesse and was like, okay, I have a pen and a paper, tell me everything. And he talked me through a whole litigation program, zero to one. And I walked back into Spotify and I was like, I know what to do. <laughs> Follow my lead. And sometimes when you just wave your hands and act really confidently, they're like, okay, we'll do so. It, it worked. Right. And I put in lit tech and nothing blew up. Switching gears into our topics mode here. Did you guys have fun at 101 and round tables today? Woo! Yeah. Give them a round of applause. But what have you heard today? What are some themes? What's the topic du jour that people are kicking around 101 and through the afternoon? Here are some of the themes. Relationships were huge. Roadmaps, figuring out strategically where you're going, building out a roadmap, designing it, socializing it, going back to it, doing trainings on it. Then the third R that I couldn't figure out was really know WTF, what you're doing and how to show it. So that was the third R, really know what the roadmap is, how do you leverage those relationships? That's a lot of the themes that I heard earlier. I'm surprised, no matter management people. (laughs) Okay, relationships. So we're talking relationships at work and relationship as the operating system for getting things done. What I know in my heart and soul, but also what really resonated today is that we all get things done through relationships. We have to be really good and deliberate about how we're building them, not only within our legal and compliance CLO orgs, but across the org, because we get done things for the org. We get CLM done for the org. We're not really doing it for us. Our budgeting systems, that's for our finance team. It helps us, but really like what we do and and what we output all helps the org to hum. And so building those relationships with either the engineers or the IT folks that are helping you to get those things implemented, the business team, so you can really hear what their pain points are. What are they trying to solve? How can my team help you to get this better? All around the org, build those relationships. And of course, within your own team, that's imperative but around the org, that's how you get to success. One of the most common questions I get in my nonstop hiring for the last five years is, can I do this job for Netflix remotely? And right now I'm still saying no, because it's a relationship powered environment. And I worry that if you're sitting in your house, it's gonna move so fast by you that you're gonna be behind. And sure, you can travel out to see us and all of that, but I've been really key on immersion in that respect, like in person, we must be together because it's such a fast moving relationships first rules last environment. Yeah. 
So what's your take? We're in hybrid role times. One of the reasons why I took a new role was more ability to have hybrid. I am very much so of the opinion that the relationships are what make us go and they're how we get things done. But I do think that balance is also how you do it. I think really? that if this pandemic... Don't yeah. tell that to a Libra. No, no. It's like my crucible. If the pandemic taught us nothing, it's that we can get it done anywhere at any time. We have to hold on to some of that. We have like companies like Airbnb, they're going completely remote first, but they also are being very deliberate about how relationship building happens. Yeah, they're intentionally off planning offsets, gatherings, offsets, gatherings, et cetera. Because in that remote only space, you really do have to be really intentional about who you're meeting, how you're meeting them. You need to build relationships. Yeah. So I think that I might be a little bit more balanced than you in the, like, I think we can do it halfway. You might be like, let's all get together in a room. Yeah. And I love those moments. I love everyone being in a room. I am all for having that. But I think that for me personally, I need to decompress. I need to be away from people, go back to the lab and then do work. And sometimes I need that solitude. I need it to be I love away the solitude. from people. Yes. I wonder if sometimes us legal officers are all introverts. I think we are. I think that I'm in the middle. I think people presume I'm an extrovert. Yeah. And I think that what I have learned about introverts and extroverts is actually that decompression time. It's the recharge. After. It has nothing to do with whether you can present a set of slides in front of 500 people. I never said I could present a set of slides, but I think yeah. like- but That's what people make these assumptions. Like you're talkative, you must yeah. be an extrovert. But yeah. I think it's the, how do you recharge, which is the difference. How do you recharge? How do you recharge? One last quick topic drive by, and then maybe we can go to the LinkedIn DMs and some audience submitted questions. Strategic leadership, question mark. Do you have a leadership mantra? You want to talk mantras? I want to talk mantras. What's your leadership mantra? I have several. Two of them I can't remember at the moment. Amazing. But one, That's what happens when you have too many mantras. One is, I've definitely told this to my team, because we're always sort of working, doing something, trying to get big scale projects small. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just get something done. And it's not throw garbage out there. Just start, just start at a, is it a hypothesis? What are you trying to solve? Put something together just so we yeah. can either all be thinking about it, trying to figure out what the roadmap is that we're building, but just do just something. Just do something just and do go. do something and then let's take it from there. And now a message from our sponsor, Bright Flag. Transform your legal operations with Brightflag, a 100% cloud-based platform that harnesses the power of AI, combining intelligence and efficiency to maximize productivity. With more than 100,000 hours invested into developing and training its proprietary machine learning model, Brightflag's revolutionary product is continuously improving every month, so your department will be able to grow year after year. Learn more about how Brightflag can revolutionize your legal department today by visiting brightflag.com. Let's get back to the show. What do you got? I don't have mantras, but what I'm telling people on my team right now is get more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You're way too comfortable and I'm extremely uncomfortable. Why am I the only one suffering? Clearly all the time. <laughs> yes, it's a complex environment to be at a fast moving company, trying to implement stuff for a thousand people running so fast. 
But all those shows on the service, you are all entertained and it's complex. There's in-house built tech and I'm bringing third party tech way later after they've matured. So I'm extremely uncomfortable all the time because there's a lot of breaking of the way they're doing it to try to inspire a different way of doing it and sell them. And it, it just takes a lot of energy and output and getting in front of them and yelling and presenting slides to 500 people. And sometimes, I don't know, I want my managers especially to get more uncomfortable. Talking about relationships, I tell them if you're not getting constructive feedback from people once or twice a week, like something that stings, you're not swinging hard enough. Work in with people more, find their edge and yours and cross it. I'm so good at crossing the line with people. I'm like, just cross the boundary How and say a little bit this. too much and then study their face. And, and look, we're feedback culture. They'll tell you if their feelings are hurt or they'll tell you when, you know, what you said really helped me and it's honesty. And so I'm encouraging people to really mess up. Uncomfortability has helped me to grow and I've hated every minute of it. I've had so many moments of being uncomfortable and the growth, oh, the growth that comes out of it. That's where it is. It is, it is, and the feedback. And I'm pretty bad and I've tried to get better at saying to people, can I have feedback? Like it's so, speaking of things that are uncomfortable, it's so uncomfortable and it's so good to get it. I do this a lot lately. I'll come back to a combo. We had a tough combo, me and a person. And I'm like, remember that combo we had last week? How did I show up to that? What did that feel like for you? And then I study their face and try to understand more. Because sometimes I don't, we don't know. We don't see how we're received. And I'm always looking for data after the big ones, especially. And yeah, but it's extremely uncomfortable and just very humbling. Show of hands. Who here wants to know what is in Jen's inbox? Because I want to know what people DM you about. Oh my God. Oh, like the whole room. Oh, the the room. Room. wants to know what's in my inbox. What do people write to you? The inbox is so... <sighs> One came in recently and it was so fascinating. It was, I need you to say something because there is dissonance. They use the word dissonance and I was like, tell me more. Mm. And they were interviewing for some top legal ops jobs On the interview of two different companies, they were saying to her, well, this is a relationships-driven environment first. That's the culture, not rules and not governance, which is basically another way of saying not checklisty. And are you sure you're gonna thrive here? The person was like, why are they asking me that? We're legal ops, shouldn't we come in and we be empowered and we and we and we? And I was like, pause. And then I put three paragraphs of completely disagreeing with her, but in a friendly way, in a learning way, I wasn't being mean or anything. I was like, we should talk live because I'm at one of those environments. And if I came in with a checklist, they would have never let me in the door. It's all relationships and earning the trust with people and then going, how about we try a tech solution around that? Why don't we do a pilot? Everything I do is a pilot. (laughs) And... I said, I think dissonance is a heavy word. I would never bring that into the podcast, the LinkedIn, the four. I would never want to label that. That is a term from mental health. I just said to her, they just don't know. What we do is black magic to them. Right. And we have to go in and teach them this. And it takes, I think, three years at least to teach them. You got them like a quarter of the way there, probably a Peloton, and someone's going to have to pick up your work and keep going. But... I was like, go in and teach. And then if that environment's not for you, if you want the rules-based place, 
go work at a bank. Yeah. Go work in finance or places there's that a, need There's those a regulatory roles. need yeah. somewhere where this person can get their yeah. checklist out. Other things in my LinkedIn inbox, and then we'll, we'll keep it moving. I'm getting a lot of asks for mentorship. It's out of control. If something about me posting. I'll stop asking. <laughs> I'll answer it to you. I'll Thank answer you. you one day. I'm just going to keep recruiting you over here, but ignoring you over oh, there. Oh, that sounds yeah. like a great plan. Yeah, but a lot of mentorship asks, which I, I take so personally, and I'm slowly but steadily getting back to everyone and telling them, no, I can't mentor you, but join the voice committee at Clock, and I'm starting a club there that we can hang out. Have and you settled on the voice? I, I, I think I'm like going to call us the voice. trademark has been taken. So what? This is yeah. the voice. What's <laughs> Clock? I feel this I is, feel like other people use This is the Clock. But yeah, but one. steal everyone's ideas. Hmm. Legal ops. I mean, this is what we did. No, fair I, enough. I'm answering and, and trying to give people advice, and someone said to me recently, I feel like, you wouldn't mince words that you would just lay it on me and give mm -hmm. me feedback. And I was like, you got that right. And then we, you may then not we, like it. And we went right into it. And even Dissonance Woman was like, thank you for the feedback. And I was like, oh. We had a few questions written in when you guys registered for this, but there was a good question on senior leadership mm -hmm. from one of you sent in. And it was, was it how do you talk to senior leaders? Yes. It's a skill to talk to senior leaders, to talk to the people to Gen Pop, Gen, Gen Pop. Pop Legal, uh, it's a skill. And how do I talk to senior leaders? I mean, I fail at talking to senior leaders and get constructive feedback and then come back. I feel like you have a failure story in there. Tell I have me. a failure story. Was anyone in London at Clock London this year? Adam, so you heard my failure story. One of my early first big presentations to the chief legal officer at Netflix I just kind of coasted into that room and I took a very marketing loaded deck and it was pictures and GIFs and acronyms that I made up. So I went in with the wrong deck and I was like, I'm just gonna coast and give him the marketing deck. And about 15 seconds in, he was like, Sprr, and brought it to a halt and was like, this isn't the message for me. I want numbers, ROI, basically a cost benefit. I want to see what this costs. I want to budget. I'm like thinking Netflix hasn't budgeted ever. But you want your first ever budget and it comes from me. I'm like, that tracks. Of course. It's legal ops. Naturally. So I was like, okay, all right. And we ended early and I was demoralized. I mean, I was like, oh my goodness. I whiffed and went and pouted a little bit to my wife. And she's like, it's feedback culture. He told you what you need. Just pivot on that. And I said to him at the end of the meeting, I'll be back in two weeks. And I gave him a choose your own adventure budget and cost benefit deck. I was like, where would you like to go today? Yep. And then he picked things from his, what he was caring about the most and the least. And I carved out the deck, this presentation that way. And now I know how his brain works and how never to walk into that room again with the wrong slides. What's interesting is I think for leadership, it sort of depends on the leader. I've definitely had leaders who wanted the marketing pitch, actually. When I put numbers in front of them and data and I went deep on some of the ROI, the eyes glazed over and it was get there faster. So I think some of what I'm hearing from you and what I've certainly learned in my experience is actually figure out who your audience is. And if I don't know the CEO, I might be asking their chief of staff or their executive assistant. 
who is this person? And I've actually asked people themselves, like, how do you want me to tell you the story? Storytelling is a huge part of what we all do, but also sort of tailoring that narrative to the person you're delivering oh, it to, I think constantly is Constantly tailoring story. Yeah. It's, I think the best skill that you all should have and focus on building, amazing. So we're opening up the floor now. If anyone has any questions, we have a question right here in our front row. So my question is, what advice would you give to a new legal ops professional in a newly created legal ops role? Oh, wow. New, like new as in First under a year? Ops hire with a GC that's also new and no direction. What advice? Well, you're doing it. You're here, you're hearing, you're, you did a 101. Yeah, you're, first advice, join clock. Yeah. Go, go to and connect with as many folks as possible because those are the people, if, especially if you're a one woman show, those are the people you're gonna call and go, please tell me how to do a litigation ops program, I have no idea. And other advice for a newbie. Sit down with your GC, you're both net new, talk about what the strategy is. What is it that the company is trying to achieve yeah. in the next two to three years? What is it that you all are doing to support that? And then yeah. align what some of those initiatives are to the orgs. And make sure you and the GC have some sense of alignment. As you start to feel more comfy, you might go, I'm gonna go over here. But at first you guys might wanna be aligned on where you're strategically going. Yeah, there's a strategy that your CLO is working towards. And there's something your CLO is being measured on for their success. If yep. you can get tactical and find those things out, then you can carve out three things that you're gonna do this year and spread it. Make sure you have something small, quick, winnable. That's like weeks or a few months to create or no money to create. And then you're gonna need something big that's a needle mover. Don't take on too many big rocks. Once you start picking up those big rocks, you're just down the CLM hole for the next two to three years. So <laughs> look, it might be CLM. If you're in a high volume environment, that's what you're gonna do. But great, let that be your one big and then work around that. And now a brief message from our sponsor, Thomson Reuters. Empower your legal department to focus on legal work, not paperwork, and watch productivity and profitability soar. Thomson Reuters Document Intelligence is the only AI-powered contract review solution that is trained by practical law attorney experts to work on day one. You can make an impact fast without having to put your team through the strain of training models and implementing AI. With document intelligence, you can automate contract review and extract critical information in minutes, saving countless hours of time. You can empower your legal team to draft contracts and minimize risk with more confidence, all while reducing external spend. Check out Thomson Reuters document intelligence to learn more. And now back to the show. Back against the wall one. As you build your reputation in, in, in legal ops, you get a reputation for solving problems, making things better. That can kind of grow and it can snowball and suddenly you find yourself the person that everyone comes to when they've got a really intractable problem they can't solve. How do you decide when to say no and how do you decide what oh, to say God, no to as you build that's that the reputation? Question. That's a great question. Yeah, I'm experiencing this now at Netflix as we had. I'm here five years this year is my fifth year at Netflix, which nice. is yeah, so amazing. and. A lot of success, a lot of failure, as I've shared with you all, but we stand up, shout, and learn from them. And so the line's down the block. The backlog is down the block. 
And people will start coming to you with these like cockamamie problems that they're just like, <laughs> how do you get my computer to make the coffee that does the thing? And I'm just like, I am not a wizard, but I will put that on my backlog and we will think about it. How do you say no? I called this year and the end of last year, the year of no. My team has to say no right now because we just do not have the resources. When you have a good roadmap written up and you've shared that, you go, look, these are our strategic priorities. If I do the thing, which I really want to do for you, I have to not do something here. So I start to teach them like it's a trade-off. We have a fixed amount of resourcing. But I always try to leave people with something like, maybe we can pilot something or look, you want something that needs the data to even be in Workday and there's no process to put it in Workday. Why don't you go work on that for six months with those three teams and then come back then and I always like guarantee we can revisit in a quarter. We can, re and I do. Then I spend the rest of my day revisiting everyone's asks as they seem roll forward. But if you acknowledge that you hear them, you put it on a backlog, and just say, we don't have the resources right now, but let's revisit soon. Let me put you in our next planning cycle. And then you have to measure everything, size of the job, level of impact it has. Do you have the resources for it? Like these are cut and dry numbers, figures, yes or no. If you looked at all of your opportunities that way, the obvious ones emerge through a ranking. Yeah, I put a lot of things on my parking lot so that people see that it's yeah. there. It's not on the roadmap, but we didn't forget. Sometimes those people leave and that problem organically leaves with them. But sometimes, yes. Some, yes. sometimes if it stays there and it grows, it moves into the roadmap. Oh, we have one in the back here and then we have one in the front. I'm an associate in our legal ops team, unlike most of you probably who are like the head of legal ops. And my head of legal ops was pretty awesome sitting here because this is something that I have an interest in. And one of my questions is, it seems like I've been in legal for over like 20 years altogether, but this is my third year in legal ops actually. Yes. And ops is something that's extremely, to me, new. And so with that being said, it's like, where do you or how do you make a path to the head of legal ops from an associate like myself position. Is there a, so to speak, like a ladder or a career path? Oh yeah. That is out there? hundred percent. I mean, I just climbed it. I was a temp office manager on a two day placement. That's no joke how this all started. David Cowan always says it's a jungle gym, but there's absolutely a ladder. A lot of paralegals flip into legal ops. That was my first title, paralegal slash a million other things. And I was just catching anything at the startup that fell off the lawyer's desk. Went into Cisco, became legal ops analyst. Then I was legal ops manager, individual contributor. Then people managed at Cisco because they said, you might have the leadership thing in you. You might have that EQ thing that can help other people on their career. And I was doing the project work well. And then what it's like legal ops manager, manager of people. And then it can grow into senior management, into being a director. Some companies it goes all the way to VP. I mean, that's the straight path and it's happening everywhere. I heard from a peer that a very popular company we all know is doing like a C level. It's not C level at that corp level, but they're gonna call the head of legal ops role something C. 
chief, chief of, legal operations chief officer. Chief of legal or something, and like alongside the CLO. So that's brand new. So, I mean, this is all so new. We're still writing all of these titles. And like, for me, I don't want to be chief of staff. Like, no offense to chief of staff. And but, see, I did. And you did. And like, I did. I'm writing the tech bend path because I can do tech and I could manage tech people decently. Don't ask my tech people what they think about that. <laughs> but there's, I have an IT bend there. So there become these forks too. And what do you do to climb those forks? You deliver on every project that they ask you, you have to deliver plus. And also really think about what you are good at and what you like doing. And if you can align those things to so the degree that you can align yeah. them, like be the matter expert in the thing that brings you joy too. Some of that will come out naturally and it will show. Yeah. There is no one path, but put yourself in a position where there's opportunity and tell people you want opportunity. Let it come to you and then rock and roll at it. Yeah, when be it comes very to vocal you. about that. Yep. I wasn't vocal early on in my career because I was still like half in a band. But my then boss started saying vocally to me, like, I think you're leadership B and then you have leadership material in you. I was like, me? Really? Me? Really? <laughs> and I trusted something I didn't see in myself because I, I didn't care. I was running out every night and playing bass in a band all night in a bar. So I would just come back the next day, like bleary eyed, like knowledge management. And but he saw something in me and I really liked him. And those data points sometimes use those because they're feedback, they're data, how people perceive you. So ask your manager, like, how do I show up to this? I have a dream of being a manager of people one day. Tell me things about that and how I look, like be very bold. And we have one other last question up here. Uh, mentorship. So most folks in this room come from different backgrounds. Tommy, I heard about your mentor. Jen, you said a lot of people are reaching out to you for mentorship, yeah. but do you have a mentor? And do you ever disagree with the mentor? How do you handle that? In the past year, I've started using an executive coach. Oh. And I informally, I think, get mentored by all of you. Like, all kidding aside, like, I've texted you last week. I need you. As you start to build relationships, it can be up, down, sideways. It doesn't have to be someone who has a higher title than you. It, it sort of, specifically, I kind of have learned who to ask certain things by understanding their expertise. People that I really love their journey and have a respectable career that I aspire to have elements of, those folks I reach out to. So I wouldn't specifically, and some people exec are sponsors. Exec coach is like a, a hired mentor. An exec coach is a hired mentor, but some sponsors in your company can be very valuable. Yeah. Connecting with people in your org that can be advocates that speak well of you when you're not in the room, those are really important friendships and relationships to build. I have kind of two tracks with this. There's people that are mentoring me that don't know they are. And I just come around like, how'd you do this thing? How did you design that? And I just study them. I, I said this with the clock board. I understudied every first founding clock board member and they had no idea that I was fangirling over everything they were doing, but I studied all their moves. And I have formal mentors, people who I get vulnerable and I ask, like, I, I want you to help me learn how to do X. And I do regulars with them. And I come in with material, I drive the combo, I open up problems I'm working through, and I take their advice. And yeah, sometimes the advice isn't precise, and sometimes I clash with it, and that's good. That means that like all systems are a go, it's not all so prescriptive. Like, here's an example to put all the way through. This mentor thought that the cost-benefit slide deck was a bad idea, and said you should try 
X and Y and Z, what they were used to telling their CLO. And that person made the most money in a legal ops job I've ever heard yet. And I know all the data on all of our roles. <laughs> I am the data. And that person was super successful. And I was like, I'm not doing that. My GC said, I want this and this, and I'm going to color code it to that. And he goes, okay, okay, like try it, see what works. And I came back and told him it worked. And he learned from that. He learned that not everything he says is gospel and we all need that humbling. So, I mean, and that's what I hope with mentorship, that it's a two-way thing. And I learned so much from my mentees. So. It all comes back to great relationships. We have time for one more. And I think we have asked a friend here. We have an audience plan to ask us anything. And please introduce yourself since we put you on the spot. Hi, I'm Stacy Walsh. And I'm, you're from Travelers. I'm from Travelers. I yes. legal operations here. I'm torn, but here's what I'm going to go with. I have spent a lot of time digging through the stuff on the clock community board. Like, no joke, downloading, saving. There's some gems buried in yes. there. I'd love to know what problem or issue you guys have solved by doing the same thing. I definitely have my outside council guidelines there. Oh, yeah. The, gu <laughs> the guidelines, they smashed into that board a few years ago. <laughs> A couple of years ago, I watched a presentation that you did on NDAs, ironically. It must have been Spotify. I went back to my lab and was like, do, 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 and did like a sort of power form, like salespeople, you're going to do a URL now. And we went from thousands of NDAs a year to like negotiating like seven. It was Dreams. brilliant. That is a dream. Wow, I talked about NDAs. You did. You did something at Spotify. It was a video I watched 100 years ago. That's so amazing. I, I feel like I'm in a talking spell for the last five years. I might talk more into clock than I fish out of there. There's KM slides I wrote. If anyone needs to know how to do a KM program, get my slides on those boards from a few years ago. I wrote it all out and said, for you, clock, and just <laughs> donated the whole model. But that's a good question. And I love that you're out there fishing for things. There's a lot of collective wisdom. I'm more likely to get on the phone and get it from people at this point because I don't search those boards very well. Fun fact, Stacey is one of the people I've called when I've needed something. Oh, my goodness. It, it is very I true. All these connections. Well, you guys, that is our time today. Thank you so much for coming and watching us podcast and being a part of this great day. We'll see you all out there. I hope to see you guys in Vegas. Take care. That about wraps up this episode of Clock Talk. Thank you to Tommy and our live audience participants, Sandy Caro, Louis Bretz, Matt Patel, and Stacey Walsh. And special thanks to our Clock Talk live event sponsors, Malbec, Bright Flag, and Thomson Reuters. You can catch this and other episodes of Clock Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Until next time.